the back there? I thought it was that. Is that David sitting there? Okay. Get the first scripture up there. There we go. Sweet. I just want to um, get set for something that I've been really feeling in the spirit to do, and we're going to talk about this either next week or the week after, but I, I wanted to get set for it before we get into, into what we're doing this morning and, and get your minds around it. Um, 1 Peter 3, 15, 16 says this, Instead, worship Christ. Obviously, he said some things before 15. He didn't just start a sentence, in, uh, a thought instead. That would be bad English. Instead, you must worship, but it was written in Greek, so it doesn't matter. Instead, worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks you about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. Or as the NIV says, always be ready to give an answer. But do this in a gentle and respectful way, keep your conscience clear, and then if people start speaking against you, putting you down, paying you out, ridiculing you, chastising you, they will be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ. A few weeks ago, we had um, Creation Ministries here talking with us about one of the, I guess, big question topics that is around in relation to, to the faith. One of these things about have an answer um, for all things. I may have shared with you a little while ago, but we've um, been having some construction work done in our backyard. And, and um, at the end of that, I had a guy come and just help part of the process there. Anyway, he was just meant to be there for about 15 minutes. But uh, I'm just learning some things off him and, and understanding them. And uh, after a while, he sort of says, oh, what do you do? I'm like, I'm a pastor. Oh, Okay. And, and he proceeded to, sometimes what that does is, actually a lot of times that just shuts people up as soon as I mention what I do. So we, we, um, in my profession, we sometimes have uh, intricate ways of announcing who we are. One of my friends, Brian Medway, our national president, he, he sort of says this, I'm a life consultant, life purpose consultant. And um, so we often need things. But for this guy, it was actually a huge opening. He's like, oh, Wow actually got a lot of questions. Um, I'm not allowed at home to talk about politics, religion, or war. So you know where this is going, don't you? And um, he, he proceeded to tell me that his wife um, grew up Catholic and his, his parent, he grew up within the church and, and in a church that said this, you believe it and that's it. You don't question. And so in this guy's world, there's been all these questions that have been brewing. He actually got to the point and say, you know what, if you only quit question against Christianity as dinosaurs, you really haven't thought hard enough. And I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. And so we proceeded to have a great conversation for about 45 minutes. Um, and he was like, oh, I better go to my next client now. I'm like, okay, you, you do that, mate. But it was just a wonderful time. And, and I was uh, blessed and challenged, and he was stretched and challenged and, um, as well. But it got me realizing again that this is so vital that we do this. Know the answers uh, to these things. But also, and I just wanted to re-highlight this, is how we give them is gentle and respectful. You know, so often, I mean, one of the things we're talking about, and I'm so over talking about marriage in, in terms of our nation and the views on it. I'm, I'm really sick of it. Um, yeah, that's it. But, but the whole thing, we, we understand that Christian perspective is usually these words come up, bigot. That, that's, that's one of the main things, is you're not viewing. And, and often, I'm going to be honest, is there's a lot of Christians that, that have not done this. 
and, and deserve that name because it hasn't been done in gentle and respectful and it's been done and accused and gone, well, you're wrong and the Bible says and you've got to listen to it because the Bible says. Well, if that's how you want to talk to someone, as if they're going to listen. So we need to be make sure that anything we do is gentle and respectful and honoring and, and in, in those things. And, and I love it because our behavior then speaks. I did this the other day. I was actually um, in a shop and, and returning some items and um, the guy I was returning to was really cranky at me. Really, really annoyed that I was bringing some product back and that oh, he had to do work that he didn't want to do. And um, so I was there for what should have been about two minutes. It took about half an hour. Um, but the whole process, I was just kind and respectful. And in the end, he's just like, oh, mate, you know, it's Friday afternoon. It's just, oh, my computer's been having... All of a sudden, you could see where this happened. He suddenly got ashamed of his own behavior and his own attitude. And so... With that, one of, the, one of the hot topics I want to talk about in a couple, in, over the next couple of weeks at some point is uh, the whole concept of, of refugees and asylum seekers. That came up recently in our nation, didn't it, when um, our Prime Minister and, and uh, Mr. Trump had a conversation and all of a sudden it's back over the news and, and all these things. But this is an argument that I believe has never really been answered in our nation and what it should look like. And, and so I just... I wanted to speak today, but I just didn't feel like I had enough thoughts on it yet and, uh, or given you enough time to give really thoughts because this is something that I can have an idea on it, but when someone asks you where the church stands on it, well, I'm not going to be standing next year. And I don't ever want that to be. I love when people come up to me after church. I'm not so sure about what you said there or um, can you help me understand this? Oh, I love just when people take responsibility for their own thoughts and and theology. So I just want to give a couple of verses, and this is sewing. Use your pen and paper if you want, Carol. Um, put these down, have a look at them, stir your thoughts, because really this is one of those topics that for most of us we've actually thought more about with our emotions than we have with the Bible. Has been considered more with how we feel than actually next to the Word of God. And I, I just want to give you a few scriptures to reflect on. And to think about, and, I, um, and so if you just pop up the next few verses, Genesis 1.27, God created mankind in his own image, in the image of God he created them, male and female. These things, if you want to just put them in your thoughts or lock them away, we're not talking on this this morning, this is just setting some thoughts up. Next one, Leviticus 19.33-34, if you're following our service, um, on your phone, which you can, and there was a little slide up before or after your service, you can see how to do that. All these will just be downloaded to your phone anyway, so you can actually have them there. Um, don't take advantage of foreigners who live among, uh, among you in your land. Treat them like native-born Israelites and love them as you love yourself. Remember that you were once foreigners living in the land of Egypt. I am Yahweh, your God. You are to have the same law, Leviticus 24, 22, as for the foreigner and the native-born. I am the Lord your God. Matthew 25, New Testament. When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, need clothing and, and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you, whenever you did it for the least of these. That word these is not genos or ethnos. It just means Stranger. Brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. Deuteronomy 27, 19. Cursed is anyone who withholds justice from the foreigner, the fatherless or the widow. All then, then all the people shall say, amen. We've got a long thing there. Matthew 2, 13. 
when they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up! Take your child and his mother and escape to Egypt and stay there until I tell you. Next one. There we go, Numbers 33. But if you do not drive out the inhabitants of the land and you allow them to remain, they will become barbs in your eyes and thorns in your side and they will give you trouble in the land where you live. So like I said, there's some homework. Put that in. Think. I don't know if we do this. I think I've got a pastor friend. He's actually, his whole mandate is to just teach young people to think. Um, one, of the, one of the big crimes that happens in young adults is for some reason they've forgotten how to think and to process. We had a good time with this about, oh, it must have been about three or four weeks ago where we just sat on a Sunday night, those who were here, and we just discussed this and all of a sudden 40 minutes were up pretty quick. And um, the sermon actually turned out to be about two and a half hours because discussion kept happening after in people's thoughts. So let me give you permission to think on these things and to set your mind and, and have a value and have a thought system about it. Um, but that, that's, we're going to talk about that later. There's just some parts of Scripture, and you've probably got some others to reflect on there too, and if you do, great. Um, I want to lock that away and, and just jump into this morning and continuing on from something we were talking about a few weeks ago and, and talk about this this morning, how to possess the promise. How to possess the promise that God has for you. So Joshua 1 verse 10. Joshua commanded, ordered the officers of the people, Israel, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land your Lord, your God is giving for you to own. So the Israelites have moved. They've been walking around for 40 years in the desert since the first thing came. Go, go and possess the land. And they said, no, we don't want to. And um, we spoke a few weeks ago about Caleb jumping up in his voice. And this is a word for our church for the year. Jumping up and saying, no, God has given us this land. We should go and possess it. Despite what everybody else sees. They see giants. They see fortified cities. They see uh, a place that is impenetrable that we can't get into. And yet Caleb was one that had a different spirit. And we spoke about a few things, and that, if that list is there, um, that were on. Those were the different spirit. They don't just go with the flow. Have a positive confession in their mouth. They have a possession mentality. They fully follow. They provide for the future generation. Don't see limitations and aren't afraid of doing it tough. We spoke this at the beginning of February. But I just wanted to pull out that point three there have a possession mentality, and just take it a little bit further this morning on, on what that actually looks like. Because we remember when, when Israel said no to going into the promised land, all of a sudden they're walking around in the desert. They didn't have places to put farms down. There wasn't a Macca's on the corner where they could go. There wasn't even an Audi that had sprung up somewhere where they could get their food from. And, and so God provided for them all that time. He sent them pancakes in the morning and KFC at night and they enjoyed manna and quail each day. And then more than that, as some of us probably would have loved these last few months, God actually gave them air conditioning during the day as well. Now, this big pillar of cloud which provided shelter from the scorching sun in the desert. And then at night time, 
He turned the heater on and had a pillar of fire there in his presence that kept them warm and they camped around the fire to keep them warm and protected during that time. But we've got to the point in the story now in Joshua where all of a sudden all that just went. From this point on in the story, all that ceases to happen because whilst they were, just had a promise out in front of them, God didn't want them just living in a promise. He didn't want them just living in this place of being provided for. See, God's got so much more greater for you than just living day to day, today to day, and just going, where's my miracle coming from tomorrow? Where's my miracle coming from tomorrow to get by? God wants us to actually inhabit the promises that he has for us so that it can provide for us, and then we can be a blessing to others as well. And this is more than just our finance. This is more than just our possessions. This is in every part of our life, our emotional well-being, our relations, everything. that He wants us to inhabit it, and he wants to actually see what we can do with those things. And so this is where we are. How do we take possession? Well, there's a few ways that be spoken about in the church. When I was 17, um, I listened to a, a, a whole bunch of teaching, and... Um, I really wanted, you're 17, and so you're at that point, you get your license and you want your first car. And I used to watch a lot of rally driving, and um, me and my mates, actually, we, we hopped in their cars. One of my mates had like this little laser, and uh, another one of them had this Renault, which was really weird, and had the shifts that sort of went sideways. And my mum had this little Barina. Anyway, so I used to take mum's Barina out, and we'd go find forestry tracks. And um, back then, there was this one great section, actually, in Kiwana. Um, before, I, went, I was at the sunny coast on, on Friday for um, uh, Reverend Jack Fruinlord's funeral, an absolutely amazing service. Um, we, we mentioned last week that he passed away, sort of the grandfather of our church here. And, um, but I'm just amazed up there. It's just buildings. Everything's got high density, and there's all these units. But there was this one area in Kiwana where they were building an estate, and we used to just love that. This is before they put security fences around, and we might have been part of the reason for that. And uh, before they put logs blocking the entrance. So we used to go in there, and there were roads marked out. And that was just a whole bunch of fun in these low-powered little four-cylinder cars, putting them flat strap and pulling handbrakes on and just sliding everywhere across the thing. And um, Jim's laughing because he understands the fun of that. And uh, uh, I've had some stories with Rex Elvery about his driving early in the, early in the piece. So uh, I know some of you understand what it's, what it's like when you're like... And so... As a 17-year-old, I heard these things that God wanted good for my life. And so I believed all of a sudden. I set up and I got a picture of a WRX. Subaru Impreza WRX, they were the, the hot car in the late 90s, early 2000s. So I put that on my fridge. And I'd wake up and I'd confess over that every day. God's going to give me a WRX. God's going to, and, and I'd pray for it and I'd speak it and, and i believe it. And guess what? The only way I was going to take possession of a WRX was with a brick and then probably a lengthy jail sentence. But <laughs> we have this thing where so often we, we take possession and, and often we assume that it's, we try and take possession on our own. We assume the will of God and, and try and step into it. Oh, that, that girl there's nice. I like her. She likes me. Oh, she's pretty. That, that's, that's going to be mine. I'm, I'm going to move into that without even thinking about what God wants. So then there's the other side of it all. People that have the promise of God, that have the call of God and the direction from God and, and, and sit there and, and go, I'm not so sure. You know what, God, if, um, 
if this and this and that person over there comes and talks to me and a comet hits the car outside and, and a whale just appears in the corner there, um, Lord, then I'll believe it's you and, and I'll, I'll follow that and do that. And, and you've got these people that just don't act or, or try and act in their own, own timing of, of different things. Next slide there, if you wouldn't mind. See, I've given you this land. Go in and take possession of the land. Go take possession of the land the Lord swore he would give to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and to their descendants after him. See, there's really two different factors that are in play when, when, in our possession. One is, has God ordered it? Has God spoken it? And the other is, are we responding to that? Are we, are we doing something about it? So if we want to put it in a quadrant, it'll look something like this. Those places where we've either got a clear promise or no promise, and those timings where we either do nothing about it or we're jumping right into it, and the different things. And, and so we've got these different things, and futility. Now the reality is no one in this room is probably in that quadrant at all. You're here because there's something of the kingdom of God inside you and there's some element of the promise of God inside you that has come in and, and brought you alive. But these are people that just sit there and float through life and go, there's really no meaning to it all and I'm not going to do anything about it. I'm not going to strive for anything or push for anything. Whatever comes, comes and uh, I, I really don't need to actually do much at all. But, uh, but the reality is not... Uh, you know, often the church gets accused of um, being really a, a middle-class sort of function in our society. I wouldn't say that that's what we aim at, but I would say it's because of something like this. Because as the people of God, we actually feel a calling. We actually feel a direction. And there's something more than just settling idly by and receiving nothing in life. We have a purpose that we're here for, and we're going to do something about that. Then you've got this other quadrant down the bottom right there, that flesh. This is that part where we um, follow our ideas. Oh, this has got to be God's will right there. This is, you know what? If I was God, this would be how I'd do things. So I'm just going to step in there and do it that way. I'm going to do it in my own strength and my own way. You know, one time Israel, they, they held an X factor going on and got all the best talent in the country together and decided that, you know what, Saul, he's the best of us. He's the tallest and the strongest. Let's make him king. It's going to be an absolutely wonderful idea. And so they did that, and we get to this point in 1 Samuel 15 where, where Samuel's just going to him, and he's just cranky. You go, hey, Saul. Saul's meant to go out. He's gone out, and he's been fighting the Amalekites. God gave him an instruction to go out and, and, and just wipe them out. Absolutely everything. Take the people out, take the houses out, all the possessions, take nothing, just burn it all to the ground. You don't need any of it. So Samuel comes up to him. Hey, Saul, how'd you go? Ah, oh, hey, Sam. Hey, Samuel, blessed are you, servant of the Lord. It is absolutely wonderful. You know what? We have done exactly what God ordered. So, um, so what's, all that, what's all that sheep? What are the barring I can hear? What, what's the name? What's the, how come I can smell animals? Oh, well, you know what? These are the animals from the Amalekites, and we're going to go and worship now. It's all their jewelry. We're going to go give it to the church. It's all their money. We're just going to go give it because that's the best thing that God has. And then we get this scripture. Have I desired offerings? Or have I desired obedience? God said in there. You know, how often are we just like Saul, though? 
We feel the call of God to go into something and step into something. And we know it's one way, but then we think, oh, you know, if we did it just this way, it would be so much better. If I, if I just added this to it, or uh, I'm, I'm just going to help the call right now. I'm just going to... God asks you to serve in a ministry. He asks you to help us. Oh, that, that's cool. I'll do that. But, well, you know what? If we did it this way as well, if we actually shaped it, actually, no, he might be calling me to do it. And we tend to bend it just that bit. We operate in our flesh and not out of how God wants us to do it. You know, there's some things that's so vital that we just feel the call and that we, we, we follow it. But even, even, after, even after a good message like this morning, you might sit there and go, wow, I just feel the call of God. I'm going to be president. I'm going to be prime minister of our nation. I'm going to be the best preacher. I'm going to be, I'm going to be an evangelist. I'm going to go quit my job now. And I'm just going to go and talk to my teddy bears in my bedroom. And, and I'm just going to be a world-renowned evangelist and, and just do that. That's really neat. But it's the call there to do that. And are you acting on it in God's way? We, we need to wait for God at times in things. There's certain things we don't need to at all. Should you read your Bible? Yeah. Should you get a job? Yeah. Should you come to church? Yeah. These things we don't need to wait for, but some things we need is time. There's flesh. Then the other quadrant up there, fear. Often there's this one. We sit there and we feel the call of God and go, there's no way I'm jumping out of this boat, Lord. I've seen what the water looks like. I've seen what this cliff looks like. There's no way I'm going to step over this. You know, we spoke last week about, oh, not last week, earlier in the month about Israel. They looked there. They had the promise of God, go in and take the land now. Now is your time. Uh-uh, God. They got tanks. There's no way. They got guided missiles. They got snipers sitting in the hills. There is no way we're going in there to take this out. Many in church believe, this is, this is a lot of us in church at times, many of us believe that God is able, but maybe not willing. You know, if God's called you to something, he will, he'll pay for that. He's not in the business of, of leaving the bill on the table for you to take care of. and He's not in the business of really wanting us to sit around not fulfilling our potential. And then we get this last quadrant, faith. Faith. And we get, oh, I love the response, the change of a generation. The change of a generation. And, and in Joshua 2, if you've got that scripture there, Joshua chapter 2. Two men started back, and they went down out of the hills and, and boarded the river that came to Joshua, the son of Nun, and told him everything that happened to them. This is the spies he sent over. And they said to Joshua, the Lord has surely given the whole land into our hands. All the people are melting in fear. This is the same place that just a few years back they were saying had giants and fortified cities, and we can't do it. And now they're sitting there, and they're going, okay, God's asked us, and we are able to do this. We can step out into this. This is one of those weird things in, in, in Christian life. We have this juxtaposition of needing to, God doing things, but then also having the action that goes next to the word. When, when God says something and then also we act upon that. And we have this place where it, well, if I act, am I just doing it in my own strength and my own flesh? But no, we do it in obedience. Not in front of God. We do it in obedience uh, uh, behind him coming there is always that little warning 
that we need to have there. And so they go through and the, and the priests, God says to the priests, okay, it's time to cross the Jordan. Now, I don't know when you picture Bible stories sometimes, and I, I picture Jordan River, and, and I cross rivers every so often. There's nice little stepping stones that you skip across. And uh, it's nice when you go for a bit of a forest walk and you come to a little stream, and it's, it's nice and gentle, isn't it? Well, the Bible actually says at this point, the Jordan was in flood. Now, I don't know if you've actually noticed a flooding river. We had one a few years back in Brisbane. Do you remember the cow floating down the river? The side of that thing going down. There's something about flooding rivers. They're not slow. Actually, it's really neat. And um, let me see. There's no one sort of under about 15 in here at the moment. Are there? Cool. Okay. I can um, say this without parents getting upset with me then. But um, I feel... Flooding rivers are fun. I love when creeks overflow. And you get your bodyboard. I know there's warnings. I understand that. I know it's stupid and dangerous. Um, but most of you know me. I do stupid, dangerous stuff. And um, those creeks are not slow. And that's a creek. And when a body of water comes in that thing, you get flung down that thing, and it is a lot of fun. But don't do that. It's, it's dangerous. Public service announcement, don't, don't do those things. Um, and so here we have this river. And I wonder what the priests are thinking. Okay, priests, you're going first. Grab the ark, and guess what? I'm not going to stop at first. You just pick that thing up and you step in. This river that's gentle and calm and flowing at 100 mile an hour just past you. Oh, there goes a cow. There it goes, just floating down. There, there's a house. That's nice. Oh, there's, there's all the docks and the, the jetty. Oh, there goes someone's boat and that tree's floating. And I just saw they're sitting there going, oh, my goodness. What are you asking me to do, Lord? But see, he didn't ask them just to step in. What he said to them is, pick up my ark. Pick up my presence and step in. So there's something, if they had just stepped in without his presence, we've got priests floating on down the river. They're joining that cow bobbing up and down, looking for a snorkel, trying to actually get some breath in to stay alive there. But we have priests that are stepping in. See, this is, this is what happens to our lives. Life happens like a flood at times. There is a flood that comes past us, all the worries, the strife the relationships that go south, the decisions that we make that aren't, don't seem to be working out, our, our trouble at work, in our job, in our family. And we're standing on the bank, sitting there going, Lord, I, I, that thing's flowing. I don't want to go anywhere near it. And if you went near it, nothing had happened. But when you carry the presence, then he goes, step in. As soon as they stepped in, it stopped. And not only did it stop, they walked through on dry ground. See, this is what faith looks like. It's, we need to have this thing where we actually carry the presence of God where he says, I'm with you. Take my ark. Take my presence. You understand that the ark of God is inside you. We're not doing some Raiders of the Lost Ark thing. We don't need to be Indiana Jones going and searching for this thing. It's now in us. His temple is here within us. So we're called to take possession, take the land. And, and there's a few things about that, just quickly, three things that we need for faith for possession. The first one is that it's got to be your faith. 
At this point, what had happened in Israel's life was their leader, their savior, the man that led them out of Egypt. He was the one. He was the one who called them out. He was the one that led them through the desert. He's the one that walked up the mountain, saw the burning bush, got the tablets, came down, got cranky, sorted out all their issues. He led the million people through the desert. And then he died. And so often we sit there and go, Lord, uh, I need them. I, if, if they are with me, I'll do it. And God said, no. The promise is now. The promise is now. Moses was dead and, it, and it's called, don't look back. Look past your hurts. Look past the pains. Look past even the successes and look forward. They had to put faith into action. This is one of those things. This is a command. We aren't just given the option to take possession in our lives. Genesis 1.27 actually says that mankind was given the thing to subdue the earth. This is a command. This is a forceful directive of God. We're not actually a people who sit back. We're actually commanded to step forward and take things. It is not an option for us in the Christian life to sit on the sideline and just get by. We are called to grab hold of it. The second thing, the second thing is there's nothing wrong with assessing the situation. We need to assess the situation. Joshua's there. He's on the other side of the river. What's he do? Sends a couple of spies across. He wants to see what those issues are. You know, God calling you into something, you need to check out what that looks like. You need to have a look at that. Jesus told people when they said, you want to come follow me? He's like, that's great. This is what it looks like. I don't have a house. I don't have a hotel room that I'm going back. There is not even a rolled out mat on the ground. I don't have a pillow with me. This is what this looks like. Do you want to come do it? Actually, even more than that, imagine the most harsh punishment, painful death that you can imagine. You want to come follow? That's what it looks like. He allowed people to assess the situation. What's the opposition? What are the limitations? What does the promise look like? See, the spies went in, and they didn't sit there and just look at the armies. They went in, and they heard the promise, take possession, and they just looked. This is ours. I can have this. This is what God's called me to. This is the thing that God's got for me. And they looked at the promise and not the opposition at that time. We need to identify when God is breaking through. The third one is this. Don't stop. Deuteronomy 7.22. The Lord your God will drive out the nations before you. You ever think of this? See, when, when they went in to possess the land, uh, my thought was always, oh, they went in, and it was just all theirs. Everyone, let's kick everyone out in day one, and then it's all there. I will drive them out little by little. Little by little. Don't, don't think poorly of the day of small beginnings. Little by little. Why? You won't be allowed to eliminate them all at once because the wild animals will multiply around you. Don't stop. Don't stop. When we begin to take possession of the things God has for us, so often what we do is we get that first place over the river, we get a bit of it, and we go, wow, I've got it now, this is awesome. And we camp there. And we set up house, and we set up an altar, and, and I, I've got it. Oh, God's called me to preach. Awesome. We, we come and we, we, we speak to a 
to a life group. That's it. I've done it now. I've served my purpose. I've finished it. God's called me to, to actually pray for people and see them well. Great. Okay. Oh, someone came out of church and I prayed for them. And, and Awesome. I've done that. I'm finished with it now. Don't stop. When we begin, see, often the things of God are, are taking three steps forward, two steps back. It's like we move forward and then move back, and, and we, we, we step into things slowly. This is often with healing. You know how people get, they receive a healing from heaven, and all of a sudden things change in their body. And then all of a sudden, a little while later, hang on, things have gone back to how they were. Things have gotten a little bit worse. No, we need to keep possessing that thing, possessing that healing. Go, no, no devil, you get back. God has healed me. We need to keep confessing that and speaking that through. There was a young guy when I was 17. God told me that he was going to teach me to be a husband and a father. That not knowing my dad had affected me. I'm like, this is really neat. That's really great. And so I started to step into some of these things. And I had men and the Holy Spirit around me that began to teach me and and train me through that. And then I met Suze and I, I, I had it all right by that point. Had it all sorted out. And we, we had a great time. And then I found out that, oh, no, I don't really understand what it means to, to really value and place importance on and, and, and place value. So I kept learning. But that was okay because I had it all together when it came to parenting and being a father. I'd, I'd had parent training. I was trained in five levels of triple P parent training, and, and so, and not, not just sitting under it, I was able to deliver five levels of triple P parent training, and, and then I had my own kid, and I had it all together, and I was just perfect dad. <laughs> no. Bit by bit, getting better, and improving, and learning, and stepping through, needing to try on some patience, some compassion. We need to slowly drive out. Because if we drove them all out instantly, what's going to happen is every attack that the enemy's got for you is going to come around and destroy that thing that God's called you to. So what's God calling? What's he stepped into? What's he said to you that, that it's, it's that stepping start? I can guarantee you, Reinhard Bonnke did not start in front of a million people crowds in Africa. many preachers started to their teddy bears in their bedroom. You know, often the training ground doesn't look like the final product. Often the place that he's called you to doesn't look like the place that you're getting trained in now. What's happening now and and training you and setting you up and, and sorting you out isn't what the final destination looks like. But it's the proving ground now. And that's where we need to be faithful in those things that God's got us through now. Now, would you stand with me this morning? Father, in this place, Lord, we're, we're here. And, uh, Lord, we're here because you've called us. We're here because we've heard something of heaven. And, Lord, that's inside us, Lord. But Lord, for many of us, we're, we're still standing on that bank and that river's flowing in front of us, Lord. 
And so, Father, we just want to come this morning. We want to step out from those things. For some of us, Lord, we've gone over the river and we've started driving out a city or two. We've started taking, taking a bit of ground. But, Lord, it, 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 it doesn't feel like it's full. It feels like we're still in that training point. And, Father, this morning, we just want to give ourselves, Lord, we just want to say yes to your call. Father, we're here today and we just need to say yes to your call, to the things that you've apportioned us, to the things that you've called us to, Lord, to those promises that you've laid up for us, Lord. Maybe some of us are here and we've, we've looked and we've gone, okay, I've got, I've got three kids and, and two of them are going on for Jesus. Okay, that, that's okay. Two out of three ain't bad. Lord, I know your promise says bring them up in your ways and they won't depart when they're old, but two out of three ain't bad. Lord, we want to we say no. We want the fullness of possession in our families. Lord, we want to say, you know, we want the fullness of possession when it comes to our finance. You say that we shouldn't be in lack, that you want us to be a blessing to others, that we are people that overflow. Lord, we just, in our, in our inner self, Lord, it's, oh, it's okay, my thoughts are only so often. It's only every second day I think that this life's too tough and I don't want to be here. But Lord... Your desire is for us to just cherish life and to be torn between here and heaven and to be all that we can be here. And so, Father, we just want to do that and give it all to you. I want to give it all to you. And I just want to take a moment just to pray for those that maybe you're at the side of the river there. You're at the side and the river's streaming past and, and there has been that call and that... There's some people in the room you've stepped out and you've gone on on it. There's some people in the room that, that you, you've known the call and you haven't even stepped in. It, it's just looked too scary. It's been too... And that's okay. But the ark of God is inside you. His presence is within you today. You carry it through and he's just saying, I just want you to step in to that river. You know, if that's you, why don't you just lift your hands to heaven? I just want to release in that. There's people here all around that, that just need to step out in that function, in that promise, that thing God's called you to. It might be in your family. It might be in your ministry. It might be in your workplace. It might be in your health. It might, it might be in your emotions. No, in this place, let's just, let's just pray in tongues if you've got your spiritual language there. and Let's just, let's just lift heaven and just release some things of heaven over, over these people right now. Father, we're just grateful for you this morning. We're just grateful for you, Lord. You call it. Lord, you have called us and appointed us, and there is a clear promise. We thank you for clear promises and voices on our life, Lord. And this morning, we just want to ask for your boldness and faith to stir these, your faithful, Lord, that they would step out in that river. Lord, that the thing that you've promised would no longer be a promise. The inheritance would no longer be an inheritance, Lord, but it would become a possession. Lord, that they would start to do the things that you've called them to do, act in obedience to the call and the promises of God. Lord, that they would just be your, your opening within that. Lord, we just ask for situations to open, for, for places of your promise just to be available. Lord, we thank you that there are doors open step through, Lord, and that we just thank you for faith coming from heaven and stirring inside us this morning. Lord, for those here that just need to keep going, that have stopped, 
Lord, I just ask for a fire inside just to keep possessing. Just to keep possessing that promise. Keep possessing that promise. morning, if you just want someone especially just to lay hands on you and just release faith into those things, you know, the altar's open. We're going to worship, and while we worship, why don't you come? And we just want to release the faith and favor of God into, into the promises in your life, into those areas and His clear promise and His clear call.